The art of listening. You think it's an art? An art form? I wouldn't say it's an art form like dance or music or movies or something like that. But listening is a skill. And I know it's a skill because of my profession. My job is incumbent upon kids listening to me what I'm trying to teach. And I sometimes am not a very good listener myself. But I think it is a skill learning how to listen. You think about sometimes the conversations you have. How do you listen in those conversations? You're talking to a friend. Are you, are you, are you engaged in what your friend's saying? Are you ready to, you've already got something formulated in your mind, ready to say it? Not listening? Or maybe you go ahead and just say it while they're talking? What, time, what kind of listener are we? Um, if you're talking to a friend, if your coach is talking to you, you kids, how well do you listen to that coach? Probably pretty good if you're going to stay on the team. We all, I think, struggle with listening. Uh, I struggle with it. Sometimes I listen well, sometimes I don't. We're going down the road. Driving along, Charlotte's beside me, Emma's in the back. This great tune comes on. It's a rocking tune. Alright? And I'm like, because when I'm, here's what I hear. Some people just hear, oh, that's a good song. I'm hearing the bass lines. I'm hearing the cymbal. I'm hearing the snare. I can tell you what Tom that dude's hit. Or girl. Sorry. That's what I'm listening to. I said, Charlotte, can you hear that? She's like, I don't listen to devil music. Okay, Emma, I'm looking in the river. Emma, did you hear that? That great music. She's like, Dad, will you just put the Frozen CD back in? That's, that's what i got to live with. All right? So I listened to that. That I listened to. But sometimes, you know, if Charlotte maybe has to take Emma someplace and say, don't forget the garbage. There's a golf tournament on. Okay. She comes back. The garbage is still there. I heard her, right? But I didn't what? I didn't listen. I didn't listen. And that's the problem sometimes because we struggle with that. So let's talk about... I've got three points. Coming to preach your tongue. Let's talk about different types of listeners. Different types of listeners. The first one we're going to talk about is the preoccupied listener. These are people with a very short attention span. Preconceived and maybe some other thoughts. When I think about this, and I hope I'm not stretching God's word, but I think Adam and Eve come to mind. Maybe, you know, God tells them, you know, I'm going to, here's your home. Here's this garden. Here's this and here's that. Here's everything you need in the midst of the garden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Did they maybe get preoccupied when he said that? Because when Satan comes along, yeah, there's a little bit of a conversation there, but Eve gives in and Adam gave in. Well, they preconceived maybe with the thought of, that does look good. That does, that might be a nice thing. Are we a preoccupied listener? 
There is the second thing is the out-to-lunch listener. As a school teacher, as a geography teacher, especially geography, you get that out-to-lunch look sometimes. Uh, these are the people who are physically in the building, but their mind has pulled an Elvis. That's a good joke. Their mind has pulled an Elvis. They left the building. You're, okay, anyway. All right? Now, I see that again teaching geography, and I understand. You know, the sixth physical region of Tennessee is maybe not as glamorous to a 12 year old as it is to me, and I get it. But you see that out the look lunch is like they're sitting there, but their mind is on the ball field or something. So the out the look lunch. Think about Peter, James, and John in the Garden of Gethsemane. As Jesus took them on into the garden, and what did He tell them to do? Watch and pray. He goes to pray. He comes back. What does He find? They're asleep. He says, can you not watch this one hour? Watch and pray. He goes and prays again. Comes back. What does He find? Asleep. Goes back. Goes back a third time. What does He find? Asleep. So that out-to-lunch listener, if you will, there's also the interrupting listener. We might all be a little uh, guilty of this. These are the people who are loaded and aimed and ready to shoot off at the lip before you've even finished a sentence. They're ready to interrupt. Maybe not necessarily in a, in a cruel way, trying to be mean, but they've got a thought and they cannot wait to get that thought out. Moses enters my mind. In Exodus chapter 3 and Exodus chapter 4, and, and as, as the Lord is speaking to Moses through the, bu the bush that caught on fire was not consumed, Moses did not interrupt God as he was speaking. But you almost see in Moses' mind, each time God said, said something, Moses asked a question. As soon as God says something else, it's as if Moses is already formulating a question, a way to get out of it. So he hasn't necessarily interrupted him out verbally, but in his mind, he's not listening. And he's interrupting the Lord, if you will. So there's an interrupting listener. There's the emotional high listener. And these are the people who are riveted to every word that you're saying as long as they are being emotionally entertained, if you will. But once that feeling is gone, they split. As any high, once that high is gone, there's going to be a crash. I think of Elijah. And Elijah had this great victory on Mount Carmel, and God showed him some great power. And Elijah called it down, and it happened. And, and, and as Elijah's doing it, it's almost like a, I think of a rock show going on. All this, all this things going on and God's glory happening and showing God's power. And it was a great victory. And see, like Elijah is on a big emotional high, but right after that, what happens? If I may paraphrase, Jezebel basically says, Elijah, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get you. And she unleashes her arsenal on Elijah. What does he do? He runs. He's told to go hide in this cave, and he goes into this cave, 
And he goes up on top of this mountain, and the Lord sends the wind. And the wind starts breaking up the mountain, but the Lord was not in the wind. And the Lord sends an earthquake that opened up the ground, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. The Lord sends fire down from heaven, the Lord wasn't in the fire. Had the Lord appear? Still. Small voice. A still small voice. It wasn't the rock show. It wasn't the flash and the lights. Still small voice. Sometimes we get this on an emotional high, riveted on what the person's saying, and there might not be much substance to it. But we're emotional high listeners sometimes. Then there is, of course, the engaged listener. That is the person who is consciously aware, and they are listening with all the faculties that they have. With their ears, yes, but with their eyes, with their heart. They're listening. Teacher's dream. Wish we had a lot more of them. But they listen. They give the speaker their undivided attention. I think of Paul and I think of Ananias. Of course, <laughs> it's sort of hard for Paul to ignore Jesus, right? <laughs> he appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Like he had his undivided attention, but Paul listened. He didn't have to go into Damascus. He had to go in there and wait, but he did. I also think about Ananias. You remember that? Ananias, the Lord comes to Ananias and talking to Ananias, and Ananias is listening to the Lord. You know how I know? Because he's questioning the Lord. Not in an arrogant, smart aleck way. He's just, Lord, do, do you not know who this man is? He's here to kill us. He's here to take us. But the Lord says, no, 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 I've got a job for this man. He's going, to, he's going to speak to our countrymen. He's going to speak to Gentiles. He's going to speak to kings. What did Ananias do? He went and talked to Paul. He converted him, baptized him. So we got all these types of listeners. So with that said, it's incumbent upon us to realize and understand God is talking to us. He's speaking to us today, and how we listen to Him is of the utmost importance while we're here on this earth. While we are living. What he's saying, are we listening? Which begs this next question. How do we listen to God? How do I listen to God? So let's look at God's Word and see some things here. And if God wants me to listen to Him, and He does, how do I know if and when He is speaking to me? I'm going to try to unravel this and hope I don't mess it up. How do I know? I mean, if he wants me to listen to him, and he does, we know that. How do I know when he's talking to me? If you would, open up your Bibles, first thing, to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. I want you to notice some verses with me. We're going to look at the seven churches of Asia. And we're only going to look at one verse of each as Jesus is speaking to these seven churches of Asia. Now, as you make your way there, the first church he talks to is the church at Ephesus. I want you to look at chapter 2 and read to yourself verse 7. Now look, he talks to Smyrna. Now go to chapter 2 and verse 11. 
and read what he says there. Then he talks to Pergamos in chapter 2, but then go to verse 17 and see what he says there. And then he talks to Thyatira in chapter 2. Again, but look at verse 29 and see what the Lord tells the church at Thyatira. Then to Sardis in chapter 3. He begins to talk to that church and look at verse 6 and, what he, and look what he tells the church there at Sardis. Next, he talks to Philadelphia in chapter 3. And again, in verse 13, notice what the Lord tells the church of Philadelphia. Then the last church he talks to is Laodicea. And look at what the Lord tells the church of Laodicea in verse 22. See a theme? Basically the same words, right? He who has an ear, let him hear what... Who says? Hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In other words, Jesus is saying, churches, are you listening? The Holy Spirit's talking to you. Are you listening to what they're saying? What He's telling you? So it's sort of very important there. Now go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I know some of you guys, you know these verses, you know exactly what they say, but some may not know. This may be a refresher course for you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if it was important that the churches of Jesus Christ listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying, is it not just as vital for us? Of course, the answer is yes. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, begin with verse 14. Paul wrote to Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. From mom and grandma. And that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Paul's telling Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration. Literally meaning, and I know you know this, but literally meaning God breathed out what God said. Now, each of those churches in, in, uh, of Asia, the seven, the last thing Jesus says is, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Then Paul tells Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. Well, how did it become God-breathed? How did we get it? Would you please turn to Second or 1 Corinthians chapter 2, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We really need to read the whole chapter, but just for time's sake, we're going to begin with verse 6. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, it reads, 
However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, that's what you've been talking about, man's wisdom, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak, speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. It was a mystery. Prior to Jesus, prior to uh, New Testament writings, a lot of things were a mystery. But notice what Paul says. This is where I'm going with this. Remember our question, how do I listen to God today? Verse 10, But, God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, in verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct Him? And Paul makes a very strong statement. We have the mind of Christ. Scriptures, all of them are inspired. They're God-breathed. How do we know they're God-breathed? Because the Holy Spirit gave that message to men or to these apostles and other writers of the New Testament to make sure, as Gordon read, that it was accurate. Matter of fact, if you read John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16 as a package, and you should... Jesus is, talk, Jesus is talking about leaving, and he says, but it's to your advantage. I need to leave, because if I don't leave, I can't send the helper back, the comforter back, the Holy Spirit, who's going to guide these men into what they wrote. How do I listen to God? To simplify it, every time you and I Open these pages. Every page we read, every page we study, is if God is asking, are you listening, Steve? Are you listening? Every page. This is what I mean. This is what the Holy Spirit's given us. God's Word. And it's accurate. As Paul told Timothy, it's, it's for reproof, for correction, for instruction, that we might be mature, complete, perfect workers for the Lord. Now, why should I listen? We've looked at the different examples of listeners. You may fall into, and I may fall into one or more of those categories. I do. I fall into more than one. We've established that the Holy Spirit has told us exactly what God wants done, what He wants us to know. But the final point remains, why should I listen to God? Why? 
think I say this every time I get up here to preach. But that's all right. Because it's all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. The creation, salvation, the embodiment of grace and love, it's all about Jesus. Jesus was sent to be glorified so the Father could be glorified. It's all about, why should we listen to God? Because of Jesus. If you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Jesus is taking Peter, James, and John again up on this mountain. And as they go up, Jesus is transfigured. That he, he, somehow He changes. Verse 2 says, He was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and His clothes became as white as the light. He was changed. But there was more to it than that. There's two people standing there with him all of a sudden who was not there before. Moses and Elijah. And those three are standing there having a conversation where they wake up and Peter makes the statement, this is awesome. We need to build three temples, three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. And as he's speaking, this bright cloud, as Peter is saying this, this bright cloud comes down, engulfs them all. And the apostles become terrified. They're so afraid. Later on, Jesus has to come and touch them and say, it's okay. But they are terrified at this thought, this cloud coming down. And then his voice comes down. It makes this statement. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, finish it. Hear him. The cloud goes away. Who's left standing? Jesus. Jesus. That's God telling these three apostles, and in essence telling every one of us, listen to my son. Listen to my son. In Hebrews chapter 1, as the Hebrew writer begins... Hebrews chapter 1 talks about that in times past, in times ago, that God spoke to the fathers via the prophets, but in these last days has spoken to us through His Son. Through His Son. It's all about Jesus. Why should we listen to God? It's all about Jesus. So if we're to listen to God through Jesus, what's Jesus telling us to do? Well, Jesus made this statement. He said, you've got to have faith. You've got to believe in Him. John chapter 12 says, And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in Me does not believe in Me, but in Him who sent Me. Jesus is just excusing Himself. If you believe in Me, you believe in God. If you have faith in Me, you have faith in the God of Heaven. You've got to have faith. Jesus is saying you've got to have faith. Well, what else does Jesus say? If we're to listen to him as God said to do, Jesus said you've got to be willing to confess his name. You can't be a coward. Revelation 21 8, one of the sins that will take you to hell is being a coward. 
And Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess before him, before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Being willing to make that confession publicly, out loud, letting people know where you stand. That's Jesus. That's what he's saying. What else did Jesus say? You have to have a penitent heart. Matter of fact, as Jesus begins publicly his ministry, you know what the first thing he, we have recorded that he said? At least publicly in a, in a, in a preaching style way? Repent. First thing he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do it one day. You've got to change. You can't stay who you are. We talked about that this morning. We know we're sinners if we got to change. We've got to be willing to repent. What else did Jesus say? This is his words, not mine. What else did Jesus say? You've got to be baptized. Again, it's not, it's not me. This is in the Word of God. This is what Jesus Himself is recorded as saying. He said, He who believes has faith and is baptized shall be saved. If you don't believe, well, obviously you're not going to be baptized. And you're going to be damned. You're going to be condemned for that. That's Jesus making that statement. What else did Jesus say? One of those seven churches in in, in, the book of Revelation, he made this statement. You've got to live a life of faith. Continue in faith. He said, be faithful to death and I will give you the crown of life. That's the words of Jesus. Are you ready? That's the words of Jesus himself. That's how you become a Christian through having faith in God because of Jesus. Because Jesus is His Son. And having faith in that, believing that, and not being ashamed to confess that name of Jesus. It's the name above all names. Everybody's going to bow down (laughs) one way or the other and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And to repent and to be baptized and then God will add you to His church. We've got to remain faithful. And that's hard to do sometimes. So I'm asking you right now, are you ready? Are you ready to become a Christian? Some in this room need to become a Christian. Because you haven't become a Christian, and I don't know your heart, but you've heard enough sermons from Tony, and your Bible classes you've heard about the gospel, maybe even at home, hopefully mom and dad's talking about it, are you ready to obey the gospel? You are, oh, <laughs> I can't begin to tell you how happy this audience is going to be. There's another audience going to be more excited than we are, the heavenly audience. If you need to become a Christian right now. But Jesus also said, His words, be faithful till you die, then you will get the crown of life. Are you faithful right now? Are you ready to meet the Lord right now? If you're not, if you have a need right now, let's take care of it. Everybody, if you need it, as we stand and sing.